Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of Shock Your Potential. You know, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that is finding kind of the inner creative within each of us. So my guest today is Teresa Funk. She believes there's an artist in everyone. Of course, she has not seen me draw stick people because if she did, she would say everyone except for Michael. Her newest book is called Bursts of Brilliance for a Creative Life. And she says she helps readers ignite their creative spirit and rediscover their passion, their purpose, and their power. You know what? I guess I don't need to draw stick people to find those things. I bet I have some creativity in me no matter what. So joining me today is Teresa. Thank you so much for being a guest with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. <laughs> so we're not going to do any, you know, have me draw something and have you go, okay, seriously, that does not look like a stick people person. You can't even play hangman. So hopefully that won't be the case today. <laughs> well, that's good because my stick people are about the extent of my artistic ability as well. <laughs> oh, good. So we are going to find out different ways to be creative. So Teresa, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business, and then we'll get into your book after that. Okay. Well, I am actually approaching my 30th anniversary in October as a professional writer. And I started out with a freelance writing business. So writing um, for newspapers and magazines. And then when I had my children, couldn't do those interviews as easily anymore. That's when I really got into my creative writing and started writing and publishing short stories and personal essays. And my started working really seriously on my novels. And so I actually have written um, seven books about World War II. And oh they're goodness. all based on real people that I interviewed. They're all historical novels. Um, the first two were for adults. And the first one was about the men that were taken prisoner by the Japanese on Wake Island at the beginning of the war. And the second is women's stories from World War II. And that's the one I'm best known for. It's called Dancing in Combat Boots. And then oh I wrote my. a series of five books in the Homefront Heroes series that are each based on a real person that I interviewed. So for 27 years, I wrote about and researched World War II. And then this new book, Bursts of Brilliance for a Creative Life, came out on October in October last year. And um, actually, it was a little earlier than that, but the official date was October. <laughs> and so it kind of took me in a different direction of being now a nonfiction 
writer, a, an inspiration writer. It's based on my blog, which is six and a half years old. And this is a book that is a compilation of the best blog posts from the first five years. So very different type of book to write and to put together and then to publish and promote. So I'm in, I'm in a whole new area as a writer now. Oh, how fun. I love it. And, you know, I'm sorry, I, I did know that you had written many of those other books, not all of them, but how fascinating. Um, I'm now about uh, ready to publish my third book. Mine have all been business books so far, uh, but I've written them like stories. And I'm actually in between my business book and everything. I've been working on my first actual novel not a novel to teach something. So it is a different mindset to go back and forth and think, you know, uh, one kind of strategy, in my case, business strategy versus novel and creative writing. And uh, what a what a journey you've been on. What What have you learned in this process of going from one kind of genre to another? Well, that's really interesting because um, I have a history degree. So I wanted to be a writer, I thought from the fifth grade on, and I was always given a lot of encouragement about writing and by my teachers and, and my parents, and then come to find out senior year that writing wasn't a job, supposedly, it was a hobby. <laughs> so I went, to, uh, I went to college and I got a history degree because I always thought, well, if I write about something, I wanna write about history someday. I assumed I would write novels, but I was not, uh, I was open to the possibility of writing nonfiction if that ever came my way. But what I discovered with writing the novels about World War II, and as I said, each of my books is based on a real person, at least one person that I interviewed, um, was that there was so much truth that could be told through fiction. And it was a way to introduce people that wouldn't normally know much about World War II to the stories of the war. And so I never did want writing nonfiction about World War II. Everything I wrote was fiction, but it was it always felt very close to the truth to me, um, the emotional truth of, of life during wartime. And so then to switch to writing nonfiction was an interesting choice because I had been told for years by my friends, you should write a blog. You're a great speaker. You're a good writer. You should write a blog. Well, most writers have many writers, I should say, have blogs and they write about how to write. So I thought, well, I don't need to do that. That's been done. <laughs> so then I said, I'm not going to write a blog until I have a, a more interesting concept for writing the blog. And that's when I came on the concept of bursts of brilliance, which bursts of brilliance to me is the celebration of that moment where you get that fantastic, amazing idea and you run up the stairs and you go, oh my God, you have to hear this. And you're lit up from your whole insides and you're full of energy and excitement and potential. And it's before the inner critics speak up. It's before the outer mm -hmm. critics speak up. And we believe we're brilliant. And yeah. I thought, what if, what if we could capture that? What if we could hold on to that? And so that's what I wanted to explore in the blog each week was this concept of how do we hold on to our brilliance? How do we hold on to that excitement and confidence? And so I started writing a weekly blog. And as I said, then the book came about when I was hitting the five-year mark on the blog, I was like, I bet this would make a good book. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I decided to take some of the best blog posts and turn it into a book. And, and it was perfect timing for this book to come out in the fall of last year. Um, it, it met with great response, but now that we are in the middle of this pandemic and the challenges we are facing right now, 
it seems to be finding a real level of inspiration for people. That's fantastic, you know, because so many people right now are trying to say, you know, what's my next act or what's my next chapter or how do I pivot? And the people that I see doing it the best are the ones who are just saying, okay, if I, you know, could just have a magic wand and start all over, or if I could fix things, you know, if I could do anything. And I think it's opening up a lot of people's horizons. I know it, it had to spark my, it sparked my creativity on a whole new level because, you know, from being a speaker, you know, prior to COVID, I had a really nice lineup of uh, places to speak and train at this year that all went kaput. And so I said, well, what do I do? So I'd wanted to create an app that people could still, you know, be a part of my training and engage with me. And I, I thought I knew what I wanted and it just continued to evolve. So when there was no boundaries, when I, when I didn't have the inner critic and no one else was telling me anything because it was just me and my husband. <laughs> right. I was like, what can you do with that? And you're right, putting that inner critic aside and letting that outer critic maybe not, you know, meddle in there too much. You can find some amazing things within yourself. Absolutely. And I think it's been really fascinating for me now. As you mentioned earlier, I truly believe that there's an, an inner artist in everyone and that we know that because we knew it when we were children and we did not doubt it when we were kids. Right. And so it's in all of us. It's born into us and it's what makes us special. And I think it's been really interesting in this time. Um, a lot of artists do read the book because it the book is sort of a you know, it's kind of a memoir in a way of my journey as an artist and what I've observed in other artists, but it's also um, appealing to teachers. I mean, think of how creative teachers are having to be right now. It's appealing to healthcare professionals. <laughs> I've had a lot of healthcare professionals reading it and business people because many businesses right now are facing the possibility of closure if they don't come up with a creative new solution. And it's been fascinating to see how some of these businesses that we assumed wouldn't make it are coming up with new ways of doing business. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's, I think right now, more than ever, we are being called on to embrace our creativity, whether that's with your business or we've got parents who are homeschooling their children who thought they'd never be able to do that. You know, we've yep. got people who are writing letters to elderly relatives again because they can't go visit them. I mean, we are accessing our creativity in ways that six months ago we would never have imagined we'd be called on to do. I was just listening to a story yesterday and I don't, I can't tell all the details of the story because they're already out of my head, but the, the message of it, I think really res resounds with this. And um, the gentleman who was telling the story, I think this happened in his hometown, but there was like, you know, a man who owned a restaurant, then that restaurant had been there forever, you know, it was his family restaurant. So as you know, things got closed and he said, you know, we're never going to make it, you know, I, we can't, you know, do takeout only, it's never going to last. And, you know, a few streets down, there was another guy who, you know, said, gosh, we haven't been open for that long. What are we going to do? And he called his brother and they came in overnight and they figured out how to create a drive-through. Right. And they they changed and organized everything. Next thing you knew, they are they're, they're just like serving everything by people driving up. And they have just never done this much business before. So, you know, it's like what's what holds the one guy back saying, I can never do this. We're never going to make it. And the other guy goes, huh, what are we going to do? I know we'll make a drive through. I mean, how many people do that? They 
know? yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. really creative. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference is the person who embraced that, that inner artist and said, I am capable of having a brilliant idea. It doesn't have to be someone else. It could be me. This is my business and no one cares about this business more than I do. Yeah. Therefore, I'm the one who has to step up and find a creative way to save this business. And I think it's been really fascinating to see not only are people doing that themselves, but they're sharing the information with others so that others can learn from them because yeah. we're sort of all in this together right now. And I think yeah. just seeing how the creativity is sort of spreading around and being inspiring to everyone is really kind of exciting. It, you know, it really is. And I think that we, I think that a lot of people understand that if we can spark something in ourselves and spark something in somebody else, then we're, we're truly helping humanity at a time that we really, really need it. And it doesn't all have to be just my idea and it's mine to keep. It's about us all trying to survive. Yeah. And I, I think the that. interesting thing about artists is that artists have always understood the concept of collaboration. I mean, mm -hmm. most artists, people tend to think of artists as being solitary workers, that they sit alone in their office and write, or they sit alone in their studio and paint. But artists are extremely collaborative people. And we have we understand what it means to work with businesses that hire us and nonprofits that hire us and cities that hire us. And, and now we're seeing that um, that kind of thinking is really important right now as we all look for ways to not only support ourselves, but make sure that the the businesses that we love and care about stay open as well. I was thinking when you're talking about collaboration, I have a, uh, he's been a guest on a couple times on the podcast and he, uh, he does all kinds of artistic things, especially musically. And he has this one uh, component of his, of his music where he collaborates with all these different musicians. And then, uh, then he throws out to all his followers, okay, so we're going to have so-and-so who plays the ukulele and we have, you know, this, uh, this person who plays the didgeridoo and you right? know, they have all these you know, really interesting collaborators and singers and everything. But then he goes to his followers and said, says, I need a theme. We need a theme for the song. And so they will come up with a word or a concept or a theme. And so then they have a short amount of time to create something out of what all these people have brought in. And every time I talk to him about it, we have uh, this song that we play that was his and it's called Syzygy. And it's kind of like a made up word. Um, but every time I hear or listen to that song or listen back to that podcast episode, I'm just I'm always just amazed. Like that's the ultimate of just saying it doesn't even have to be good. His stuff is really good, but it doesn't even have to. It's about what can you try to put together? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. I, yeah, I love it. So then, you know, with all these blog posts, what, you know, can, do you have a couple, you know, tips or things, you know, takeaways or, you know, things that, you know, if people read this, that they will go, oh, I can do that. Or I see how that, you know, it, it impacts my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the unique things about this book is that it's not a how-to book. So I've read dozens of books about creativity and, you know, I've taken courses and listened to webinars and that sort of thing. And for me, you know, what I've noticed from in 30 years in this business is that there isn't one particular way to be creative and there isn't a particular method or a strategy or a list that works for everyone. And so this book is not a how-to. It's about come, you know, journey along with me through these different um, explorations I have 
and see if that resonates with you and see what you take from it and see what that sparks in you. And so in one entry, I might be writing about like the joy of producing art. And in another entry, I might be writing about the loneliness that you feel sometimes as an artist. And so what's fun about the book is that everybody who reads it, when I say, what was your favorite entry? Everybody has a different one because mm -hmm. they resonate with something. And that's the point. The point is that this is not me telling you how to be creative. Um, I fell for a lot of that in the early years of my writing career. You know, I fell for the advice when they would say, if you're a real writer, you write every single day. And I fell for the advice when people would say, oh, your best writing will always be when you first wake up. Uh, none of those things are true for me. And mm, my best yeah. work has come from learning what works for me and giving myself permission to be the artist that I am with no apologies for how I work. And so I think that's one of the, the strengths of the book and one of the takeaways is that you have to find this in yourself. It's not about knowing the rules about creativity. It's about knowing yourself. Yeah. And that's what's yeah. really exciting about the book. I love it. That's so true. So, you know, I, you've written so many books. I don't even know what question, which one to ask you about this. But, you know, when you think about writing any of your books, or especially this one, since it's the newest, you know, how has the process of writing this or these helped you to shock your potential? Well, I think in the beginning, when I started writing the historical fiction books, it was about really taking hold of my own destiny, because so many people had told me, you know, being a writer is a hobby. It's really hard. It's almost impossible to get an agent. It's almost impossible to get your books published. And at some point, just having to say, who am I going to listen to? Am I going to let somebody else dictate the life that I want? Or am I going to decide what I want for myself? And so it took a lot of guts to write that first book, and it took a lot of time to learn how to do it. And then with each subsequent book, I was sort of reinventing myself. The second book is a short story collection. You know, can I do that? Can I be that kind of writer? And then children's books. I had never intended to write children's books and then learned how to do that. And then with the blog, the blog was a very different kind of writing. And then um, turning a nonfiction book. Now I had this interesting conundrum of having been known for years as the World War II lady, as the kids would call me. Um, and now I was this burst of brilliance expert. And so I realized that they were two, both of them are me and I love them, but they mm -hmm. were two different approaches. And so I started a new um, website for Bursts of Brilliance, new social media, new offerings and products on the Bursts of Brilliance site that are very different from what I offer on the historical fiction side. So I'm now balancing basically what are two really different businesses and it's very exciting. So talking, <laughs> of, you know, talking about shocking your potential, I didn't know that I had the potential to uh, branch off in really different ways and be good at both of them. So that was pretty exciting. That's a really great testament to, um, you know, to people who are at many different standpoints. I remember when I, you know, I, this is my fourth year in, uh, four and a half years actually now uh, with this company and training and speaking and and it's evolving as I went through but I remember um, and I just turned 51 so I was in my you know later 40s when I did this but um, I remember thinking am I too old to start something new 
you know, am I too old to like, you know, have a new opportunity? And then I, and I, I battle that still every once in a while. I'm like, shut up, Sherlock, you are fine. <laughs> you know, you can do all these different things. You just have to figure out how to pull them into your world and, you know, or how to adapt your world to them. And I think there's a lot of people who sit back and go, you know, I'd like to do this. I'd like to pursue this hobby, or I'd like to, you know, start my own business, or I'd like to write a book, but you know, but it's not what I've done, or it's not, am I too old? Or it will that, what will people say? And instead, you know, trusting yourself, you know, like what you're doing to say, I'm going to give it a try and we're going to just go with it and, and explore that part of ourselves. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I have several different themes in the book, but one of my favorite themes is that art connects us to our higher selves. And I, Mm. I truly believe that. And so I don't think your higher self, which by its very nature has your best interest at heart, is going to call you to something that would cause you harm or call you to something that you're not capable of doing. And so Mm. I think when we feel that motivation to do something and we feel that creative energy around it, that's coming from somewhere deep inside. It's coming from our intuition. It's coming from our higher selves, which means you can do it. You, the time is right. You know, maybe you needed to be at a certain place in your knowledge and skills and expertise before you did something. So I don't, I don't ever question. And I haven't in 30 years, why I do what I do when I do it. I just figure, well, this must be the time or I wouldn't be feeling called to do it. And I Mm -hmm. don't give a lot of thought to, should I have done something at a different time? Or is it too late to do something? Because if it's, if it's too late, I won't feel the desire, but if the desire is still there, then it's obviously not too late. <laughs> so oh, that's such a great way to look at it. And I, I was just going to tell you one last funny story, thinking about these bursts of brilliance, because about a year ago, my husband and I were in Greece and we were um, in Rhodes and we were, you know, I'd really like mentally taken a vacation. We were having such a good time. And I, we were out walking in the streets in Rhodes one day And we came, we went by this hotel and it was, the hotel was all boarded up and uh, it said, uh, it said Hotel Arcadia on it. And I remember thinking, wow. And it just kind of stuck in the back of my head. And then a little bit later where we were walking by this other really old abandoned building, a building that had been there for a long time. And the other hotel was kind of newer. And about an hour later, we're sitting on the beach. And we're just kind of, you know, laying there enjoying the sun. And all of a sudden I sat up and I said, I just wrote an entire novel in my head. And my husband's like, what? (laughs) And so I said, I I need to get my notebook. And I sketched out an entire book. And so I have the entire frame. I've probably told, I've talked through the book to at least 15 people and they love the story. They're like, when is it out? And I haven't finished writing it. Like I have everything. So yesterday I was thinking through and I thought, you know what? This is, I keep running out of time to sit down and type and then my fingers can't type fast enough. So I made myself a promise that starting tomorrow, every day, I'm going to block off an hour just to um, talk it into my phone and I'm just going to transcribe it and get it done. That's great. (laughs) It needs to get finished. (laughs) It does. And you found a way to do it that works for you. That's how everything gets done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why am I trying to kill myself with all the typing when my little fingers do not run as fast as my mind or my mouth? Exactly. (laughs) 
So hopefully this time next year, we'll see mine on the shelves. <laughs> that would be great. That's awesome. Oh, Teresa, my goodness. Um, well, what do you have a next big goal for yourself or next thing that you want to accomplish? And if so, what, what is it and what's your timeline for it? You know, I'm really actually kind of glad you asked that question because six months ago before the pandemic, that answer probably would have been really different. And what I think is really interesting about this, the pandemic, when I look at my friends and many of my friends are artists of varying degrees or they run arts organizations and that sort of thing. But even within my friends who are within other types of businesses, what I've seen during this pandemic is some really exciting things happening with some of my friends where they they sort of blew up their current business and started over or they started doing something completely different. And it's amazing the progress they've made in this period of time. And then the other group of friends, and I fall into this category, the opposite happened. Like we had always been really productive, um, busy people, creative people, and we got quiet. And this has been a really reflective time for me, a time of a lot of contemplation and reflection and honesty with myself about some of the things that I was doing that I really didn't want to be doing anymore, but had never found the time to figure out how not to do them. And so <laughs> I'm leaning into something that I've never done before, which is just trying to be a little more still and a little more contemplative and figure out where am I going next? Because I know it's very, very different. So, you know, for me, for my business, my three revenue streams were direct book sales, speaking, and a certain kind of coaching I was doing. All three of those got hit really hard during the pandemic. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like, do I want to try something creative to resuscitate those revenue streams? Or do I want to do something really different? So I'm trying to get comfortable with and realizing that it's important right now to be in this space of reflection and contemplation and opportunity to look at what comes next for me. And so I, I just want to encourage the people that are out there that are feeling like, oh, gosh, you know, this this has sort of upended my world. And I'm not sure what that means, that we're OK, too. We're mm -hmm. doing something really powerful for ourselves by taking this time to figure out what comes next. So that's kind of exciting in a way. I've never had this opportunity to do this before because I've always been this hardworking, producing, you know, 18 projects at a time kind of person. It's very different now. I love that. And it is, there is a great opportunity now just to sit back and say, what do I want? And I, and I think that uh, you're right. I think there's a lot of people like, for me, I had a couple weeks where I felt sorry for myself. Uh -huh. <laughs> what? I finally got like a full calendar. It's I'm going to hit a million miles on Delta by July. And, you know, a couple months later, I'm like, who cares? Right. <laughs> it really wasn't that important. But it did. It did. Once I got through that, then I started planning and plotting. And then I started moving very fast. And uh -huh. now I'm now I'm saying, OK, I'm getting to the point where I know I'm moving so fast on many things but I know that I'm moving towards a place where things are actually gonna level out for a bit. And the strange thing for me about, you know, moving a lot of my speaking to my app is that, you know, when this is all over, I, I used to just, I love speaking. I absolutely love it. But now I won't have to do it. Then I right. can really choose 
what am I going after and why? And I can make better choices because I want to, not because I, not doing something because you feel you need to. Exactly. And I think as awful as this pandemic has been in so many ways, and I'm not downplaying that, it has been a gift for many of us to, I'm having daily realizations of things that I did for a long, long time that I thought were either necessary or I thought I enjoyed doing them. And now that mm -hmm. I've been away from them for a while and realized I don't miss them, I'm like, did I really enjoy that after all? Or you know, I'm looking at some of the things that I did out of a sense of obligation, which now that the obligation is gone, you realize, hey, things function just fine without that. How interesting. Um, yes. It's been a really fascinating time. And I've sort of been pouring that energy into my, my blog. And you see that reflected in my current blog writing, which is very different than pre-pandemic, where the blog was all about helping people see how art connects all of us, how it connects you to your higher self, how it connects you to purpose and what matters. And all of a sudden it became about just this inner journey of how someone like me is sort of um, sort of slowly reinventing through this forced pandemic, which who knows if I would have done it if this hadn't happened. So it's kind of a fascinating time, a little unnerving, but it's, you know, I'm trying to be comfortable <laughs> with that too. I'm trying to tell myself it's okay to not know exactly what comes next because mm -hmm. I've always have before. So this is a new place. Um, what can I learn from this? Absolutely. So. Gosh, I, you know, and I, I think about how many things that we do have gained and I try and reflect on those. And I remember for the first week that my husband was home and working from home, I was like, what are you doing in my space? <laughs> like, Why do you keep coming down to say hello? And now after all these months, we eat lunch together every day at noon. And what a joy. And, you know, every once in a while I tell him, I'm like, I never want you to go back to the office. Yeah. Because we found a way to coexist in, in this space, but it's really a different level of connection that we didn't have when we were both getting on airplanes going all over the place. And we had a great, we have a great relationship and great marriage, but what a joy, what a blessing, you know, we'd never have had that with, you know, until we would retire and then he'd just drive me nuts. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, Teresa. Thank you. I can't believe we were, it's, we've gone so far so fast. Now we'll have all of your contact information on our show notes, but in case somebody wants to look you up right now, cause they can't wait, what are the best ways for them to find you? Well, my website, TeresaFunk.com, which is T-E-R-E-S-A-F-U-N-K-E.com, that's where you can find all the information and really fun stories about all my writings about World War II. There's teacher materials there and parent materials and recommended reading and all kinds of really fun stuff. There's also a lot of great writing advice because I have some awesome writing tools, including a self-publishing blueprint that walks you through every step of self-publishing. And then BurstsOfBrilliance.com, with the S, BurstsOfBrilliance.com, is where you can learn more about the book and read the blog and, and very inspiring messages there and see some of the products we're starting to develop. And so uh, either one of those places is a great place to reach me. Wonderful. I, I, there's just so much in that. So before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yeah, I think... One of the things that struck me as so interesting when the book first came out, because the book is called Bursts of Brilliance for a Creative Life, and I would tell people that, and they would immediately just wave it aside and go, oh, yeah, 
I'm that's not me. I'm not the creative one. My sister is the artist or my sister's the singer. And I'd say, what, what makes you think you're not creative? And I have been able to point out to like a dental hygienist that I was talking to, I showed her something creative she was doing that I had not seen a dental hygienist do before. And she went, oh my God, I'm creative. And so I think one of the joys of this book has been saying to people, please re just read it. Trust me, you will find yourself in this. You are an inner artist and you just have lost touch with that. And so that's what I really want to encourage people right now, because more than ever, we need everyone to embrace their creativity and feel energized by that and trust their intuition, because that's how we're going to get through this. And that's how we're going to help and support each other. So, yeah, just believe that you have that inner artist. And it's not about whether or not you become a professional artist. It's about how are you using your creativity to navigate this time? I love it. Ah, Teresa, so many great pieces of advice in there. And you have reminded me about where many of my creative pieces are as well. So it Good. has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being a guest. And I am so glad that we are connected. Me too. I really appreciate the time with you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.